As promised, I will address the changes made to the addenda to your contract. So when the new contract is mandatory February 1, the changes will be familiar. Today I'm covering just three of the addenda that were revised. One of the revisions I already briefly addressed in my first video podcast of this series. The third party financing addendum includes a new paragraph 1G to insert terms of any financing that may be coming through a non-traditional lender, commonly referred to as a hard money lender. This change was made necessary because of the change in paragraph 3A of the contract, which now prohibits writing an all-cash contract when some or all of the money is being borrowed from a non-traditional lender or through some other uh, types of borrowing. The new provision in the third-party financing addendum requires the buyer to name the hard money lender or other non-traditional lender and describe in detail the terms of the financing. It then allows buyer to waive any contingencies normally included for other types of financing such as buyer approval and property approval if buyer chooses to do so and negotiated with the seller. One question that comes to mind, by requiring buyer to set forth in detail the specific lender and terms of the non-traditional financing, does this new provision serve more as a disclosure or is it still a contingency? Meaning, can buyer change lender or terms as he or she can under other types of financing? Or is he or she locked into this lender and these terms? In other words, is the provision of disclosure from which buyer cannot vary or seller can get out of the contract? Or is it a contingency allowing buyer to choose? I'm not sure how this provision will ultimately be enforced. We shall see. I've also been asked if this new paragraph 1G of the addendum can be used to disclose down payment assistance programs. I'm assuming so if the terms are in detail. Otherwise, I'm not sure how the Texas Real Estate Commission intended you to disclose the down payment when it is, quote, borrowed through a down payment assistance program. I am sure TREC will be asked to address this in the future. A couple of other minor changes were made to the addendum. One was simply to state that if buyer's lender requires the notes described in the third-party financing addendum to be secured by vendors and deed of trust liens, then they would be. Every conventional government financing loan will require, but not all other types of borrowing may require. So that is why the commission inserted the revision that states if buyer's lender requires. The other change simply deleted limiting language that only allowed release to the brokers and agents of the settlement statements that were, quote, related to the closing. Potentially, this limiting language limited release of estimated or preliminary closing statements to the agents and brokers. We never really had an issue with this, but probably it is good to clarify. A change was made to the addendum for property subject to the mandatory membership in a property owners association to clarify what is not included in fees negotiated under paragraph C of that addendum. There had been industry-wide confusion as to who had to pay prepaid dues when those dues were collected by the association at closing. 
Because they were collected at closing, did that mean those fees that were collected during closing, quote, associated with the transfer of the property and thus negotiated between buyer and seller under that paragraph? Or were they dues and assessments that buyer owed in the ordinary course of ownership? The commission cleared this issue up by adding the following sentence to paragraph three of the addendum. This paragraph does not apply to regular periodic maintenance fees, assessments, or dues, including prepaid items that are prorated by paragraph 13, which is the proration paragraph of the contract. Prepaid dues are cost of the buyer. The amendment to the contract form was revised to note that the revised paragraph 7 of the contract now provides for completion, delivery of documentation, and transfer of warranties of repairs and treatments. Previously, the contract did not address this, and so the repair amendment had to make sure that receipts would be provided, invoices would be provided, and warranties would be transferred. The amendment now states this no longer has to be covered under the amendment. Under the paragraph under modifications, there was a change to the statement that said, insert only factual statements and business details applicable to the sale. This language was reduced by two, real estate brokers and agents are prohibited from practicing law. And this change makes sense because that paragraph titled other modification is used to modify terms, legal terms to the contract. It's not usually to add business details. So this new language just reminds the consumer that the agent cannot draft legal language. Finally, the amendment did add the general warning or notice, and it's quote, consult an attorney before signing. Trek rules prohibit real estate license holders from giving legal advice. Read this form carefully. Next week, I'm going to address all of the other changes to the addendum and some specific changes to the condo and farm and ranch contract. Allegiance Title and all of its brands, Aggieland, XL Title, and now Fidelity National Title of San Antonio are here to serve you. Let us be your trusted resource for results. Thank you.